We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. March has arrived and we're only a few weeks away from the NCAA tournament. Make sure to head over to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest starting March 15th. That's right, it's $100,000 and starting on March 15th. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong. So whatever your passion is, BetOnline is the place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, BetOnline, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What is up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast brought to you by betonline.ag and Untuck It. I'm Pete, joined as always by Darius. We are, we. when I say we, I mean me. I am drinking. I uh, We have just come off of a huge weekend for the Lakers, beating the Los Angeles Clippers and Milwaukee Bucks on Friday night. LeBron James has made a statement taking out Kawhi Leonard and Giannis. We are probably going to cuss a little bit in this episode, so uh, be, be warned. We will not edit this very much, if at all, because we just want to capture it, as you can tell by the enormous excitement in my voice. This is right after the game. Lakers balled out. There's so much stuff to talk about. Darius, where do we start, man? So let's start with the Clippers, since that's fresh on our minds. Let's do it. Let's do it. So what a performance, a total team effort. I actually don't want to start with LeBron, because I feel like we're going to go long on LeBron. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Let's talk Avery Bradley for a second. Right? Yes. So Bradley's been a little bit maligned. You and I have both sort of, we waffled on his signing to start the year. He's been up and down. 
this season. Mm-hmm. What a freaking game from Avery Bradley yes, today. The shot making was huge. The defensive ball pressure was huge. The dude was standing in there and he was just all over the floor, just playing tough nose defense, just everything that you would want from one of those super competitive players. One of the things that you've said about Bradley to me, both on the pod and offline is like, like that's a dude I can trust. Right. Like mm-hmm. to come out there and he's going to do his job and he's going to play hard and and he's going to be committed. Right. And that's what we saw this game. And so after the game, you you know, like the LeBron narratives will start to fly and he was fantastic. Anthony Davis, big game from from him as well. But give Avery Bradley a fucking game ball. He was fantastic this game. So. Yes, 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 yes. For one, him doing that against the Clippers, that fan base hates his guts and yes. he ain't too fond of them either. So him dropping 24 on them is just just delicious, right? Um, he's a guy like so there are some guys Dwight fits this description as well. I feel like we got one more guy on the team, just I'm to my Rondo actually fits this description as well, even though he fucking drives me crazy. Is like a lot of times when role players get old, like Bill Walton used to tell this story. Uh, Walton was an MVP, led the Blazers to the 1977 championship, had a bunch of injuries to his legs that really took kind of the guy he was. And then he became a role player for the Boston Celtics. And there were games where I, I remember it was either Walton or McHale telling this story, but it was about Walton. And there'd be some games where like Walton would like sky for a defensive rebound or something. And McHale and other guys would be like, where the hell did that come from? Like, you don't do that normally. And he was like, I just feel good today. Right. And a lot of times with guys like Avery Bradley is not that old and he was a really good two-way player not that long ago. And the league, I feel like he's been more impacted by the, the Mori ball three and paint type of game that the league has become that his like archetype has become kind of obsolete. And then maybe that's a little strong, but he's been devalued as a result of he's not a great catch and shoot three point guy. Great, great today for sure. Uh, and, and then ball pressure in non pick and roll situations that can get, he can get kind of washed out in, in those situations. So the overall direction that the league has gone in uh, has, has devalued him a bit, but that dude is still a good basketball player. And there's something about, and I don't even know how to articulate it fully. And this isn't the pod to do it anyway. There's something about analytics that does not capture what basketball is in that moment, in that situation. Like they're getting there and maybe in 10, 15 years, they will get there. But like a guy who is strong, like the ability to absorb contact and the impact that that that, that has right on on a team overall like that really really matters uh from the perimeter position and we don't have much in the way of that with KCP and Caruso and Rondo our guards are not strong and so uh the importance of being able to be physical there are all, all sorts of things that that he can do but at the end of the day bro this was a shot making game you know what yes. i mean yes no so when you talked about analytics and Bradley one of the things that analytics are not fond of is that long two or that mid-range pull up two, right? And that is sort of an integral part of Bradley's game. He is a guy mm-hmm. who will ball fake off a three and then step into a long two. And I know that like Daryl Morey is probably shaking his head if he's like watching Lakers tape, like what the hell is is this guy doing? Because Bradley doesn't have all that advanced footwork of, oh, fly by side, like side escape dribble, sidestep, step back in in two or three that's just not his game 
right? And so, and he mm-hmm. will come off that handoff series and he will just shoot that 16 foot pull up. And can, can I jump in real yeah. quick about why that's important? Because, so we get those out of a lot of horn sets, right? And what happens is those are the, that is the shot. If the defense is doing their job, that's the shot that's open. It's an open shot. And yes, mid range, the mid range game, it's not exactly what you want to do as a first option, but out of those horn sets, ideally you can get all the way to the basket for a layup, or you're going to hit the roll man coming off of that, or you're going to hit the guy on the skip pass, right? Well, what if the defense defends all that correctly? That's right. Am I passing up the open shot with 12 seconds left on the shot clock because it's from 16 feet and on a pull-up? That's a playoff shot. That's a basketball shot. When the defense is done, like think of it as a as a chess match or a fight or something like that, or just like the whole nature of what basketball is. You think in the playoffs against the fucking Clippers or Bucks or a high-end team like that, the first thing you want to do is going to work? Hell no. The second thing probably ain't going to work either. They're going to take that away. That is why they're there. That's why they're there at that point in the playoffs. So the ability to hit a mid-range pull-up against a drop coverage because they're taking everything else away, those are, those are points that are available that really KCP can hit that shot and Bradley can hit that shot. And that's it on the Lakers roster. Yeah. And those are super important shots. Brad and Bradley hit a couple of those today against the Clippers. And the Clippers are a really good defensive team, man. Like that first half was a slog, just like the Bucks game yeah. where it's just like, my goodness, where, where are the open shots going to come from? And, and everyone mm-hmm. looks a little bit confused about where they're supposed to be and, and the spots I want to get to aren't necessarily there. They're not open. And so when an open shot presents itself, you have to pull up and, and have the onions to take it. And, and that's what impressed <laughs> me about Bradley against the Clippers today is the game was not too big, big for him. He was right there mm-hmm. living in the moment with the rest of his teammates and He's not as good as LeBron or Anthony Davis, but guess what? He brought the same sort of focus and determination to succeed in his role as those guys did. And he had a big night or a big day. And the Lakers simply do not win this game without Avery Bradley's performance. So so I just wanted to sort of start out the pod by giving him a little bit of love because he was super important today. Let's move on, though, because yes, no, I got it. I got this, baby. I got this. So you talked about the the slog of that first half, right, bro? It's the spacing. I, I I've been convinced of this. Clippers ain't doing shit that's special defensively against us. They are packing the paint and daring us to make shots. Right. The second element of that is LeBron James was getting to the bucket anyway, even though they were. But we're going to talk about that in a bit. Frank Vogel made an adjustment in the second half where JaVale McGee played six minutes, which isn't too different than what he normally does. Dwight Howard did not play at all. We saw a lot of AD at the five. We saw a lot of Markeith Morris. I want to talk about that. The, yeah. We are finally seeing those AD at the five minutes. We saw that in some in some big matchups. Um, and Morris having the ability to do that. And there's some like there's benefits and downsides to that, but they cannot play a conventional big many minutes against the Clippers. But as soon as they made that change for the first time this season, by the way, although although in the second quarter of the Christmas Day game, watch the last like four minutes of that. We were hooping, man. We had 80 at the five, had LeBron, KCP, Danny Green. And oh, who's the last guy that was on the court? Kuz was the last guy on the court, right? So you've got offense spacing, even though theoretically, even though Kuz has struggled. Uh, you've got guys you've got to guard out there. It's not Dwight. It's not JaVale. 
Talk to me about what you saw in that second half of the impact of going smaller. No, man, just the driving lanes, man. Like offensively, it was the driving lanes to me. Like, yes. like LeBron, and this is true of a bunch of special offensive players, but it's especially true for LeBron, who is such a sort of like straight line drive type type of player. Mm-hmm. There is not a lot of wiggle or shake to to LeBron James. He explodes that first step and then he gets downhill and he is at the front of the rim. And when there are bodies there, he is going to make the pass. He is not going to try to finish over the top of one and a half defenders. That's that's just not who he is anymore. And even when he was younger, he would still pass out of some of those plays because the pass is the right play when the backside is a two-on-one or three-on-two. When mm-hmm. you start to play lineups with AD at the five and Morris at the four, or even Morris at the five with with like Danny Green at small forward and, and then LeBron sort of playing like this power forward point guard hybrid role, right? Like LeBron is not worried about the first defender, even if that first defender mm-hmm. is Kawhi Leonard, or even if that first right. defender is Giannis. He is- Where's the like, help coming Where is from? the help? Where are my options? Am I going to be able to finish once I get there? And Montrez Harrell does not bother him, right? Like- He's just not, and neither is Marcus Morris. None of those guys are going to be like, oh, well, they're the help. So so, so this, if I could jump in real quick, the, the Clippers packing the paint is not just because of us. It's because of yeah. them. Because if LeBron James can get to the basket, who the fuck on their team is going to do shit about yeah. that? Nobody. It, the only guy who's got even a chance to, to bother him when LeBron's on a drive is Zoo. But Zoo comes with other... Uh, complications, right? Yeah. With playing him. And it means Montrez Harrell is on the, is on the, the bench. Um, it, it means like it, it fucks them up, right? So that's why they've been so condensed in the paint. And it's been so frustrating to see those, those big lineups, right? With Dwight and JaVale and guys like Avery Bradley not making open shots. Bro, we still didn't shoot. Well, I, t- I tweeted this earlier. It was like, 23.9% yeah. this weekend from three. Like they were sub 30% against the Clippers. Again, this game wasn't that close. Like they didn't blow them out, but it wasn't like uh, they barely won down the stretch type thing, right? We ain't even hitting our shots yet, man. If we can get to the rim and we, we could put prep, there were a couple drives in the second half where LeBron got to the rim, but missed. But Kuz got to put back on one That's and right. uh, Markeith Morris got to put back on the other. The reason for that is they have to devote so much extra attention to LeBron. That's easy money for those dudes swooping in to clean that up no and so all of that spacing and all of those those drives and and also too like look at lebron's free throw numbers right and so he he Mm -hmm. shot 14 free throws against the clippers and against the bucks i think it was 15 yes and he's making them too so 12 for 15 against the bucks 12 for 14 against the clippers the attempts that matter it's the attempts that really matter it does because that's indicative of him getting to the basket and sort of living in the restricted area as as an offensive player and if lebron we talked about this in our preview pod right and you and i sort of both thought that it was going to come maybe more from post-ups right but it wasn't it was mm-hmm. from drives, and a lot of it was because of these adjustments that Frank Vogel made from a lineup perspective. Like, to me, one of the big keys, not only for the Lakers' success when they went small, wasn't just because of the offense. It was because 
oh, Kyle Kuzma, you're going to go straight up with Montrezl Harrell. You have to defend him. Do your job. Mm-hmm. Markeith Morris, yes. you're going to be put on an island with Montrezl Harrell. Do your job. And guess what? Those guys held up defensively as well. And so that then allows Anthony Davis to guard Kawhi. It allows him to to maybe guard Marcus Morris and be more of a helper. Like there are so many other ways to sort of deploy Anthony Davis is sort of this heat-seeking missile defensively where he can challenge shots. How many times did the Lakers help and show early and try to pick up charges? They had a couple of calls go against them, but they were still right there. And that gets in the Clippers' minds as well when they're attacking. Aside from those those calls that got uh, called for, for blocks, you had guys altering shots by doing that. Like Vogel said this after the game. He was like, in the second half, we were determined... Every play, every time the ball got into the paint, there was going to be a collision. And I love that because it's that rotation out of their ball screens. It's that I always talk about weak side tag guys. If you, if you've watched my videos or read, read articles and stuff, I always talk about the weak side tag man. Lakers were being a little more aggressive on their ball screen defense, meaning that the big was coming up higher. And so in that, that pocket pass is available. So if you get the ball to the roll man, the Lakers are vulnerable there because everybody's being aggressive on the perimeter. That guy is slipping behind. But if the weak side tag guy is doing his job, and you you mentioned this, if they, then that's what leads to those, I'm going to pick up a charge. And there's all sorts of vets doing that. But the other guy that's doing that is Kyle Kuzma. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about Kuz. Ever wonder why traditional button-ups look so long and baggy? That's because they were never meant to be worn that way. Untucked shirts were specifically designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, their shirts are a perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, Untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Don't just take my word for it. Try Untuck It for yourself. Visit UntuckIt.com and use code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the U.S. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUEWIRE, one word, for 20% off your first order. All right, so before the break, we started talking about the Lakers doing their jobs. Not just your LeBrons, your Anthony Davis. AD was freaking fantastic in this game, by the way. He hit superstar shots and made super bar, superstar type plays. Um, Kyle Kuzma, man, it, he's been a guy we've talked a ton about this season. And it's been funny, like the way that he's been getting better and his contribution to the team has not been at all the area that we expected. He has... He's been good enough for long enough on defense to where I'm like, this kid's actually like a decent wing defender. He's not a great wing defender, but he's like a decent wing defender. That's so fucking huge on this team, man. On this team that's so small that even in this game, man, we had these like Rondo KCP and Avery Bradley lineups that just like you're too small at the three to be able to compete against these big physical teams like the Clippers. And uh, at least physical on the wing. And so like Kuz being able to do that, holy shit, man, it means so much. And it's it's so great to see him as frustrating as he is, not be afraid of the moment, but also the like, this is how you play basketball type shit. The like tagging the w- guy from the weak side, not being a step late on that, getting there, getting your feet set, rotating out, talking, communicating. Um, it ain't the way I, I expected it to happen, but Kuz was huge in this game. 
Well, you know, and I don't want to give you a bunch of crap about this, but on our last pod, I had said, you you know, like, Kuz is doing a lot of other things better, and it was still sort of, and I think you said this, and, and I agreed too, so I don't want to bury you no, no. here at, at all, um, but but it it was still sort of like, but the shooting, like, well, he's got to make that's the how shots, we, That's what right? we think of Kuz, right? Is like, Kuz is a scorer. That is that's who right. he has been. Who the fuck would have thought, like, oh, this kid's actually going to be really helping us on defensive rotations. Like, but that's how it's actually been exactly. happening rather than theoretically. But the last couple of games, you have seen, yeah, not yeah, you, yeah. but everyone, we've all, we've all seen that he can be a positive contributor in ways that go beyond his jumper. Now, did I tweet something out that got you know, 500 likes about Kuz missing that wide uh-huh. open corner, corner three. Yeah, he's of frustrating course. his shit on those. Like, like of yeah. course I did, because because that's a shot that he needs to bury, but that could have been any player in the corner, and I'm saying that yes. same thing about them. Like, if you're out there, that is you have to make that shot. That's that's not a Kyle Kuzma problem. That That's everybody's problem. It, it's Kuz's problem as an individual because he's missed more shots than what we would have liked this year. That said, give him credit for him holding up on an island against a bunch of quality wing players and ball handlers who, who look at him the way that like the starving like the starving man looks at a stake on like an island. That's how offensive players have been looking at Kuz and he's been holding up. And the thing that you and I, I think, have both agreed on about Kuz in terms of his wing defense is like, the dude's a legit 6'8", 6'9". He is like bigger than what you think he is. And so when he keeps you squared Mm -hmm. and, and he's taking you in the chest, Right. It is sort of like, okay, well, I have to shoot over the top of this guy. And if you're a six five shooting guard or a six six, six seven small forward with with average length, and Kuz is standing there and and sort of absorbing you because he is big enough to to sort of take that shoulder to to the chest a little bit when it's a same size guy and then challenge you up high that's a difficult Mm -hmm. shot to make and he's been doing his job defensively and then offensively look man like he's still making the right cuts he is still going after the offensive glass he is still doing a lot of things that are super useful to to this team and and if he can do those things while Marquise Morris gets Morris more minutes so and huge Anthony for this Davis team, Ugh, sorry continue but there's like the chain reaction that Morris has caused with the second unit like we're actually good with LeBron on the bench now like we're not great nor would we expect to be but we're not a fucking disaster and that's so big for this team no, the most important thing to me in both the Bucks and the Clippers games, and the reason why they won those games is, is I don't have the stats in front, in front of me, but the Lakers were either neutral or positive yes. in a lot of those shifts that LeBron went to the bench. And Vogel tries to give LeBron like four rests a game, mm. right? And so he pulls him out like halfway or two thirds yeah, of the way through minutes, the first uh-huh, quarter uh-huh. and in the Clippers game, he he did something was, interesting. Early. He brought him back with like a minute yeah, and a and half. Did you see how early right? he subbed like, him in the third quarter? He came out with like six fifty left in the first in the third quarter. I was like, oh shit! Like, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, but that's because that but that's because he's been putting him back in before the close of that quarter, so right. he can that's wrap true. around. That makes sense. Yes. Right? So he's not coming in at the twelve so minute he, mark so in the next quarter. He's coming in with like one thirty left in the third. 
Exactly. So he's wrapping around the quarter and then he gives him that other break again in the middle of the fourth. And so the Lakers have been winning one or both of those shifts that LeBron was out. At least they did against the Bucks and against the Clippers. And winning those minutes or at least staying neutral is so important considering like the tire fire that the Lakers have been most of the season with LeBron on the bench, which, which is like evident in, in, in his on off numbers. So Morris just sort of helps with the distribution of, of shots and, and in sort of floor balance. And he allows the Lakers to play like a much more competent form of basketball on both ends of the floor where they're not just relying on a Rondo AD pick and roll or an AD post mm-hmm. up to get them something effective. Absolutely. Right. Be because be because it's not just like, oh, it's Rondo and then Caruso. And then you're like, oh, well, where is the offensive shot creation right. going going right. to come from? Right. Like. That's not it. it. It's you've got another player in Morris who is confident as a shoe shooter, who has some in between game. He can go after the offensive glass. He can post a little bit, and and that sort of breath in terms of 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 scoring ability is super important for this specific Lakers team. And, and I think we wanted that right. from Kuzma. And and he's shown some of that, but when you combine Kuzma and, and Morris, Morris that yes, and and so it's it's not it's Kuzma's improvements too, right? Like Kuzma, I I I and and, and I think a lot of people, but I, but just speaking for myself, Kuz, the importance of Kuzma scoring was because he wasn't fucking good at anything else. So if you're not if you're gonna play defense like you did the first two seasons, go get us some fucking buckets because like <laughs> like you're gonna be a negative yeah. in the other aspects. But if you're gonna defend like this and shoot, God, let's can he get to thirty three percent? Like goddamn, like just make a shot, you know? Yeah. Like I don't yeah. think it's it's unreasonable to ask. But but that said, it makes it less essential that he's making shots because he's contributing in other areas. He's that garbage man, that Cedric Sabalos, like he, that great tweet you had today about that, right? Where he's able to clean up and he's able to clean up. And that's really important around guys like LeBron and Anthony Davis that puts so much pressure on the basket. Like I was saying earlier, right? Like LeBron drives to the rack and there's at least one other dude that's coming to try to stop that. And if that second dude comes, maybe he forces the miss from LeBron, but Kuz and Morris too has, have great instincts on like just dive from the weak side so Kuz's improvements in other aspects really it like it would be great if he can start shooting and that's the thing about this team that's really exciting is they shot under 30 fucking percent from three man they like they shot under 25 percent and they they beat those teams by combined 19 points man like I'm gonna talk about this at the end but this team has something from the chemistry standpoint that nobody else can access in the league, but we'll get, get into that later. We, so yes, with, with Kuz, man, it's, it's great to see him contributing in this way. Let's move on to AD before we get to LeBron. What do you see from AD today, man? No, like I was going to ask you, that was, you stole my thunder right there because Anthony Davis, man, like big shot maker, big shot taker too. And like he a couple of different points during this game, it looked like the Lakers were going to waffle 
a little uh-huh. bit like the clippers yes. weren't coming on on strong but the tide was slowly turning like they were up i think 13 or 14 at one point and then it got down to uh-huh. seven and you and start then, going like ah, and, and then like hold on yeah yeah the old phil jackson line like sphincters, yes, are sphincters were like, indeed tightening in my household yes <laughs> and, and and there's a d like mid post catch turn and face jab step 16 footer bro money, he hit this right? drop little he, catching he hit this drop step like jump hook type thingy like where he was behind the backboard he was on the left side of the basket and he shot it with his right hand yeah it was just like superstars like anthony davis is a superstar he's a little bit of a different superstar because he's so dominant defensively that he can be really really good on offense and still be a superstar but in big games and in big moments, superstars hit bad shots. They hit shots where you're like, the defense played great. That's a tough shot. Oh shit, it went in, right? Anthony Davis did that tonight. No, man. 11 for 19 from, from mm. the field. 11 for 19, mm. right? He hit that. He only went one for four from three, but the three that he did hit was a yes, huge yes. three. Yes. I, th- I think it pushed them up again, either from seven to 10 or from six to nine. It just gave them some really good, good cushion. Eight rebounds, two assists, two steals, a block, you know, plus 12. Just a huge night from AD. He was really good against the Bucks as well. We've always sort of looked at AD before he came to, to the Lakers. And I think that it's been true this year for, for the Lakers too is, is some of his most effective games seem like he's sort of just like, oh, well, he's a finisher, Mm -hmm. right? Like he's not really a shot creator or he's someone who is like spinning or or catching a lob or he's out there in the open court. But this game, I thought the shots that really mattered were the ones when LeBron was not in the game and the Lakers just sort of needed to stay afloat or or make sure that the Clippers didn't gain any more ground. And, And there was AD sort of, just hitting that Bro, silky jumper yes. or get or getting to the foul line. He had a couple of plays where he was super aggressive to get into to the paint. He didn't finish, but he drew a foul. Those are just super important possessions, man. And and, and to have him as sort of your one B <laughs> is is like how lucky are Lakers fan? Like how lucky are we to 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 sort of like for all the love that LeBron gets and and all of it is yes. warranted. And, and all of the praise and, and there's going to be a lot of pushback from people about like the MVP narrative thing starting to creep back, back, back open. I don't care. LeBron James is super valuable. He can win the award. He could not win the award. I honestly couldn't care less. He belongs in the conversation though. But to have Anthony Davis here saying, you know what? Yeah. 30 points back to back nights against the Bucks and the Clippers. The Clippers were not big enough nope. to deal with him. They were physical, and they tried this to be This is why they packed the him. paint. They it's not just LeBron. Him. It's AD, too. They are too big and strong they, athletes for that team. The Clippers tried to set the tone early, too. Marcus Morris fouled oh, him and stood over the top of him and Beverly sort of flexed, and right? Guys. But all of that stuff, AD is playing through all of that. Bro, how big is that? Because he he hasn't done that all season, man. Like, there have been times where, like, like, bro, I love AD. He's a great defender. He's a great overall player. I always refer to him as, like, a pterodactyl, right? Um, 
and and he, you know he's kind of swooping in but like there have been times in big games where i'm like you gotta go up stronger man stop falling on the ground all the time yeah. like stand tall and this game bro this game for anthony davis was his stand tall game he was just so good and the thing is is he was so good without being spectacular and, and so LeBron was spectacular, mm -hmm. like at the end with all of those drives and the and one finishes and everything that he was doing as sort of the maestro who, who was conducting ev everything from the top of the floor and designing every play and, and getting everyone in the right position so that he could do exactly what, what he wanted to do. LeBron was spectacular, mm -hmm. LeBron, but Anthony Davis, he, he was just so freaking good play to play to play and and for all the love that we give give lebron and we went long on on avery brad bradley as well and we can talk about coos and morris and, and even like that really good two-thirds of a shift that rajon rondo had all of those things were were super important but anthony davis man do just plays at like in between an eight and a half and a 10, pretty much every single night. And he does it on both ends of the floor. And against the Clippers, he played, he played his size and, and showed that his finesse game is still something that is going to give so many people problems because he's just so big and so skilled that he was just a problem, man. He was a problem. And when Kawhi or Morris or Harold or any of these guys tried to push him off off of the block. He just stood in there. He made his catch, and then he attacked and made plays. And, and just good for AD, man. He was so freaking good. He he was, <laughs> bro. We got in with apologies to James Harden, who's who's a wonderful player, as kind of irritating as he can be. We have the best offensive player in the NBA, and we have the best defensive player in the NBA. And they really, <laughs> in, in, in these last two games against them, because it wasn't just the Clippers, it was the Bucks too, man. Like, bro, yeah. they went on, they went on an 18 0 run against the Bucks. It's not. Let's talk yeah, about the Bucks game. Let's, because it's not just. So let's talk yes, about the Bucks game. It's not game. just that they won these games. They controlled the games. They controlled the games. Talk to me. Preach it. Like, shout out from the top of the mountain, man. No. Look, man, like the Bucks game, the like the Bucks game was a little bit iffy at first. The Lakers looked a little off so balance. They were so fucking tense to and, start that and game. And if you heard yes. Frank Vogel's and if you heard Frank Vogel talking during the game during his um little coach's interview, he like he mentioned it. He said like we looked a little bit skittish and nervous mm -hmm. a little bit at the star start of the game and and it showed. And then over the course of the final three quarters, the Lakers scored 94 points over three quarters against the number one defense in the league. I think they had a 39 point third quarter or something like that. They were so good against the Bucks, and they just controlled the tempo and the pace of the game. Like they were the team where they said, we're the better team and they showed it. Every single for the majority of both of those games and and to sit there and try to 
play this as anything else besides the Lakers sort of asserting themselves and positioning and, and positioning themselves as sort of the team that you have to beat. Mm-hmm. Like we're not here to have to beat you. Yeah. You have to beat I'm not us. in jail you with you. You're in jail with me. St- <laughs> you have to try to take away our strengths. You like you have to beat our defense. You have to stop LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Right. And to assert themselves in that way in these two specific games, like it was just so great to see and watch them do will will do this, especially when you consider the narrative sort of surrounding this team before these two particular games. You had had this great tweet earlier and it might have been after the Bucks game, but you would sort of talk, talked about how Lakers have actually been really good against the top eight teams from like in the mm-hmm. league the last like like in the last seven or eight times that they've played these squads but but like the narrative around it was still like oh well can the lakers beat the clippers can the lakers beat beat the bucks well goddamn Hell right yeah. they can they just handed both those teams their hats and and, and did it in a way where they 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 weren't blowouts but they were convincing they controlled those and games both of them so talk to me about the Bucks, B, because there were a lot of things that stood out to me, but I'll piggyback off of you this time. All right. So the defensive commitment by any by everybody to wall off Giannis, right? The like Giannis is wonderful, man. Like I, I love that that guy so much. His mentality. Um he is susceptible, however, to those you know how I was talking earlier about how Anthony Davis made tough shots against good defense. If you can get Giannis to make tough shots against good defense, you've done your job. He's not the best player in the game at that. And those situations become more and more prevalent in the playoffs. If you have some sort of weakness, if you have made a mistake, Giannis is going to eat that up every single time. I always, I always think of basketball in the like advantage versus disadvantage situations. In advantage situations, mm-hmm. this is something the Pelicans are really good at. It's why they're bad in crunch time is that like if you're scrambling or not in position, like and there are a good deal in a regular basket in a regular season basketball game, a good number of situations like this in a regular basketball game where like somebody's made a mistake, there's an offensive rebound, people are scrambling, but like not everybody is in the position that they're supposed to be in. Guys like Giannis and Zion and Brandon Ingram, these phenomenal athletes, whether it's their leaping ability, their strength, their length, all of these different attributes that that Giannis possesses, they will eat you up every single time when there is an advantage situation. That is where athletes thrive. Against the Bucks defensively, if you can, if you can do your job and not allow advantage situations. Chris Middleton's really good at that, and he was not good against the Lakers in that game. Chris Chris mm-hmm. Middleton can hit shots when advantage has not been created. The value of Giannis drops significantly in non-advantage situations. And so that stood out to me defensively. Go ahead. Can I jump in there? Because I don't want to make it seem like we're trashing Giannis here. Because Certainly not. First of all, so I agree with you one well, 100%. What I would add on to that is Giannis is, is also so well, well, so good at creating that advantage 
against so many teams, right? Oh, yeah. And so, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. so advantage just doesn't come from anywhere. Like, so not only does he pounce on mistakes, not only does he pounce on, on you allowing advantage, he creates yes. advantage. And the thing that stood out to me against the Lakers is they were good at holding up in a way where they did not allow Giannis to create as so much this advantage. Is this is what I'm talking about, man, is what we're talking about right here are the highest levels of basketball. The defense was perfect. The defense did exactly what they're supposed to do. You still have to make a shot. We're talking about Kobe Bryant right now, man. Yeah. Like that's what people talk about fucking field goal percentage and true shooting percentage and all these different stats. That is the highest level of basketball. Can you score when advantage has not been created? Can you score when the defense did everything perfectly, which happens more and more frequently in higher leverage games, big games like this weekend, the playoffs and deeper into the playoffs, into the finals and conference finals? Yeah, because you're playing the like you're playing the best teams. So, of course, like the margins get thinner and thinner and thinner the deeper you go but, in the but playoffs. But yes, but that's that's also why these wins were so important this weekend, man. Is like it's not that's just right. that we were playing the best teams. These were playoff games, man. These were everybody was locked in. And we still fucked them up. And this is the first yeah. time we've done that this season. I just I'm a very like I'm very my ta- my talent is the ability to see what's happening right now. I'm not a great scout. I can't project that far into the future. I can tell you this is what happened and can try to synthesize what that means and all that. But in this particular instance, this is what happened. The Lakers, without shooting well, controlled games against the two best teams in the NBA, which puts the Lakers amongst them for the first time this season. That's right. No, that's right. And... One of the things that stood out to me against the Bucks as well is sort of the idea of it being a personal challenge. Yes. So LeBron, and this is where even more so than this Clippers game, I thought LeBron's effort against the Bucks was even more praiseworthy than what he did against Interesting. the Clippers. Like, no, look, man, AD was in foul trouble. LeBron basically said, I'm taking Giannis. So for at first it was by necessity because AD wasn't even in the game. Mm. And so someone has to guard guard this dude. Who's it going going to be? Well, it's going to be LeBron. Okay. But in the second half, they stuck with that matchup. Right? And so AD was out there guarding Wes Matthews for a lot of those possessions. And LeBron, what impressed me about against Giannis is and LeBron did this against Zion too and so I shouldn't be surprised I guess LeBron's just a load in terms of how he can absorb that that sort of first shot that like that first physical right. shot that that an often that a strong offensive player tries to put on you in order to create that separation that's going to generate that that advantage. And LeBron was stonewalling Giannis at the point of attack time yes. after time after time. And and it's why he did such a good job on Giannis. And then mm-hmm. 
crafty ass LeBron with his quick hands, stripping down, swiping away the ball, poking at it every time Giannis was 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 trying to elevate to get up a shot. He was challenging high, like that sort of mono mono competition, that game within the game. LeBron took it to another level against the Bucks, even higher than what he did against the Clippers in my opinion, because he did it on both sides yes. of the floor. And so all the offensive stuff that LeBron did against the Clippers, he did that same stuff against the Bucks, like standing ovation, tip of the cap, crown him, yeah. you know, all all of that. But defensively against the Bucks, it was that was a game where for all of the AD is our defensive anchor, LeBron James was a defensive anchor against the Bucks because he basically took on the challenge of guarding the Bucks' best player and reigning MVP one-on-one, essentially. And did he get help? Yes, he got help. The guards did an excellent job of sort of like crowding him. You and I sort of talked about the bracket coverage that like LeBron sees a lot in, in pick and roll. Well, the Lakers deployed that same stuff against Giannis in transition and in pick and roll stuff. They started to have to use Giannis as as a screener in, in order to try to get him the ball. Didn't matter. LeBron was there. The rest of the team was there and they swarmed him. And to me, that was what stood out to me most about the Bucks game is that in a defensive slugfest against the league's number one defense, who was the better defense that game? Yeah, it was who the Lakers. Was it? It was Lakers by, by a solid margin, man. And the thing with LeBron that is different than any other point of his Lakers tenure, really, is he is getting by people when advantage is not created. This is, this is like, this is again, the highest point. These are the, the peaks of the mountaintops of what basketball is, is, can you, can the other team do everything else perfect and it don't fucking matter? And LeBron, for the first time in his Lakers tenure, is, bro, when teams have been switching on LeBron since October of 2018, when he joined the Lakers. And what does he do pretty much every time? He's going to dr- dribble to his right a little bit, look down at the ball, bring it back left, shoot that three. Yeah. They did that against. They did that toward the end of the game. The Lakers have been really working on their clear out concepts, which means that LeBron is on one side of the court, Anthony Davis too. And all four other players are at the top of the key or on the other side of the court. So you got this whole side. Yeah, they're fanned out. They're They're fanned fanned out. out. It's this very old school approach. You got the guy in the dunker spot, which he wouldn't have been in in the old days, but very similar, right? Like the Lakers, this Lakers team is like, the evolution of old school basketball rather than being completely different than old school basketball that I find really, really cool. So anyway, when he had this switch, it was in the last three minutes or so of the fourth quarter and he, he had switched on onto Marcus Morris, right? Marcus Morris was guarding LeBron. And I was like, all right, here comes that, that three that I was talking about. Yes. And he drove to the bucket left and he's been doing this thing. So I've got this, I, I don't usually like, you should read my article, right? But I've got this article coming out for the the athletic on either tomorrow or the next day. We'll see when I get done with it. I'm too in my lizard brain right now to really write. But um it's called it's gonna be called like LeBron James is coming for his crown. And he is incorporating so so look, 
I love basketball. You love basketball. There's two sides of me, right? Or there's two elements of, of me and all this. And like, I'm a huge Laker fan. I'm also a huge basketball fan, right? And those two sides of me can argue sometimes. Like, of course, I want the Lakers to do the, like, to be the best team in the NBA, to, to do all this. There's also the part that, like, just loves basketball aside from the Lakers where I'm like, yeah, but, and, and there's been no other point this season where I've been like, like, I've always felt we have an outside shot. Yeah. This weekend is the first evidence of it ain't outside. It ain't outside. We are in it, man. No, they, they are now they are now either riding shotgun or fighting for the mm-hmm. wheel, right? That's right. That's right. Now, the Clippers and the Bucks have made their statements this season for sure, which isn't That's to say right. that, that there's a clear leader, right? But the Lakers have now made their statement on they yeah they have muscled their way in they have muscled their way in in more than a theoretical oh well they have lebron james and and anthony davis they have to be accounted for no they have they have basically shown that they are viable now in a real way against the top teams and that's something that is super important when you and i were sort of previewing the um on our last pod these these two games over the weekend, I think one of the places that we ended up sort of settling was just go out there and win. Win yeah, these don't games. Don't talk about it, be about right? it. Right. Like for, for, well, also too, like for all the X's and O's, for all the strategy, for all the like, oh, do this and close out and build a wall and yada, 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 right? Like all of the tactical things that matter in order to get there on a certain level. I don't care how many of those things you do or don't do. At the end, I just want them to sort of roll up like an Excel spreadsheet, right? And say, here's my total. And at the end, the scoreboard says the Lakers were the better team yeah. that day. And 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 I wanted that really bad in at least one or two of these games. Like I wanted one and one. I think I would have been fine with one mm-hmm. and one. They Bro, went two, two and oh. They needed two and oh. That's what gets you in the conversation. If you lose to the Bucks and then, or if you win, if you win against the Bucks, but then lose to the Clippers on Sunday, like what were we talking about this last on the last pod? This was a fucking dress rehearsal. This yeah. stretch right here yeah. is it, right? This is and yeah. LeBron James is playing like it. Now, there are people who are LeBron fans who've been following him way longer than I have on a day-to-day basis, who are like, nah, man, he got he got another gear. Hey, I can't wait, right? But the the thing about <laughs> LeBron James is 35 years old. This is not normal, yeah, man. man. This is not normal. He has been the number one option on a team for his entire career. There's nobody who's done that for longer. And, and like, think about like a Vince Carter, right? Like Vince Carter was a number one option for a long time. Now he's a role player. LeBron James ain't no role player. He's still the number one option on the team. No, like, like the most comparable guy to me is probably Kareem, right? And so yes. Kareem yeah. played in, so this is LeBron's 17th year, right? Kareem came, came into to the league and it, but it probably wasn't until the 1987 mm-hmm. season, right? Where Riley basically said, magic, it's, it's your turn mm-hmm. now. Right. Like we're still going to go to Kareem. He's still going to shoot the sky hook. He's still going to get his 18 to 20, 20 points a game. When the game slows down, he's still going to be a focal point. But the, the point of what we want to do 
offensively now is going to revolve around you and your skills and your ability and what you're going going to do. And that was a mm-hmm. shift. The game was no longer going to be about Kareem. It was going to be about Magic Johnson. And the other guy would probably be Michael mm-hmm. Jordan, right? It's funny because those are probably the three players who are in the conversation for like Kareem, mm-hmm. Michael, and LeBron as as really the greatest basketball players that we've ever seen. I did not get to see Kareem's whole career. I saw all of Michael Jordan's career. Mm-hmm. I've seen all of LeBron's career. You're splitting hairs with yeah, any I of these. I don't give a shit about well, that stuff. Well, these like, guys, it's not, like, right? appreciate Yeah, them, me man. neither. But your point is spot on about LeBron sort of like carrying the load that he is at this point in in his career is is just fantastic and the thing about lebron that is amazing to me is that he has always been well ahead of the game mentally Mm -hmm. right but that's only gotten better Mm -hmm. over his career and there's probably not in fact there is no probably there is not a smarter player In no, the league no, no, right no, no, no. now, then with the exception, well, that's what I was going for, Brad. Man, is like him being in the same role for 17 seasons is important. He knows exactly, and one of the things I've been impressed by has been the pacing of this season. And this is very mm-hmm. tied to LeBron James. Like they've just been collecting W's up to this point. They've been giving exactly the right amount of effort, which can be fucking frustrating against the you know the the low the lesser teams in the NBA right where they kind of like go brain dead yes. for for 12 minutes or whatever but they're what 49 and 12 49 13 something like that um yeah <laughs> they have been collecting w's all season and i've been sensing that lebron has been pacing himself while collecting w's right like at the end of the day no one gives a shit if he won by 5 or 12 right just move on especially when it's december games and things like that him seeing him ramp it up post all-star break is like oh this motherfucker knows exactly what he's doing and no sorry please. to jump in remember last year for all the jokes of oh he's gonna play off lebron well, he was hurt man engage. he was hurt he was just coming back from injury right but he had sort of said like i'm gonna engage now and then what happened the lakers you know stumbled down the stretch and then he ended up sitting out some more games uh-huh. and but take last year's quotes so he hasn't said anything like that this mm-hmm. year but if you take last year's quotes apply them to what you're seeing now because this That's is what he meant 100 percent, man this is what this is what he meant and the the thing i want to talk about is how because there have been certain athletes that have had different eras of their career right and like I'm talking like the Muhammad Al- the Cassius Clay, yeah, 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 right. Yes, that beat Sonny yeah. Liston. I think it was right. Yeah, that was a different dude than the Rumble in the Jungle, Joe Frazier and Joe Foreman type of guys. Jordan as a kid, right, and Jordan in '91 flying like faking like he's gonna dunk, switch into his left hand to make lip. That was a different dude than the one that won in '98. LeBron, That's LeBron right. is more floor bound as a, as a result of getting older. He's incorporated this like backhand layup and this like all of the, he's incorporating like little tricks into his repertoire that are less reliant upon his athleticism as he's ramped it up. And that 
yeah. that is the like, can you still get it done? Doesn't necessarily mean the same way that you used to get it done. And that is the brilliance of LeBron James. No, like, look, man, like the guy who came into the league just jumping basically from the free throw line and dunking and just was a blur in transition. Um, the sort of flying death machine guy from the Miami Heat. That guy is not the same guy anymore. There's still shades of that in in his game, but but he's he's much more now like look at the jump shot. Look at the post game. Look at look at his ability to sort of finish around the basket um with with touch and with skill and with craft, right? And so he's added so many of these little elements to to his game that keep him among the league's elite while maybe he's lost, you know, a quarter of a step. Now, we've said this a bunch about LeBron is that when he was you can lose even a half a step if you're a step or a step and a half better than anyone anyway, like from where you star started, then then lose then lose a half a step and guess what? You're still a step ahead. Mm-hmm. And and LeBron has combined all of the sort of like everything that he's been able to sort of accumulate and put in his little mental Rolodex as like this sort of supercomputer brain that that he has. He now applies that to a little bit lesser version of an athlete, but with but that has compensated with skill for that stuff. Right. And so he's been able to sort of have this prolonged peak that has just been fantastic to watch. And and I don't think if there's a better example of what that looks like on the court than what he just did to the Bucks and the Clippers. Amen, brother. Let's wrap this up. The Lakers, uh, for the first time, man, uh, the, the Lakers. I've got hope that we ain't on the outside looking in, hoping that, you know, some, uh, <laughs> you know, some not not miracle, but some, you know, a few things happen and break our way. We are right in it. We are right in it, baby. And this is going to be a really fun end of the season, into the playoffs. Uh, LeBron, Anthony Davis, guys like Avery Bradley and Kuz, all the role players. This this is starting to coalesce and it's a beautiful thing. Uh, can't wait to continue to cover it. This is going to be mostly unedited. We're going to tighten it up in a couple spots, but you're just going to hear how, how we're feeling after this. Just an amazing win, an amazing weekend. Thank you for listening to the Laker Film Room Podcast, and we will catch you guys next time. Baines has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. They will. Campbell in and out. The ball is tipped and it's saved. Three seconds left. Here's Van Exel. This is for the win. He got it. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. An amazing performance by Kobe. Shot with his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know Red Arbach is uh, rolling over. Kobe. 
Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal! Are you kidding me? How strong was that? A triple on a fall away in the corner with a shot locked down. Lakers by three. Ryan spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. And the critical part was Pietras jogging back. Didn't bounce the floor. It's a two-for-one situation. Kobe Bryant picked up by Powell. There's the move. Two, one. Miss it! Brian, yes, and that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me?